0: Add on, um, there we go. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I could hear myself fine. Uh, just, okay, so that, that might be a little better. But I thought we'd take off on that theme of uh, of rest being being Labor Day week. And I don't know about y'all. I had to, you know, it's kind of one of those I knew Labor Day was kind of about rest. Um, you know, you get a day off and so forth and so on. I Actually, um, you know, had to do a little research. You know, what exactly is Labor Day? And I went to Wikipedia because that's always accurate. Um, and um, so, anyway, so I know all about um, Labor Day now and, and the Pullman strike uh, in Pullman, Chicago. You know, it was a big, uh, it, this isn't a sort of an open shop, closed shop discussion, but it was a big sort of railroad. Um, it, it was actually, it's kind of, now that you asked me about it, it's really kind of interesting. Um, it, uh, one of the things that kind of remind me of uh, the people of Israel in Egypt, you know, when they took the the straw away, and they said, look, keep making bricks. Uh, we're going to take some of the materials away, but we want you to make, um, if not the same amount, we want you to make more. Well, what happened uh, with, the, with the Pullman Railroad strike was um, basically uh, Pullman had set up this sort of ideal um, company town, kind of along the lines of a mill town, uh, and uh, but obviously for, for rail- railroad workers, et cetera. Well, what happened was is that the, the wages... Um, were reduced and people were laid off, but, uh, but they controlled all of the rent and all the prices. Imagine that, the, the wages went down, but the, but the rent prices didn't, um, and people were laid off and things um, stayed the same, and so um, the people, there was, there was a strike and uh, the, the government responded, and actually Grover Cleveland, of course you knew Grover Cleveland happened to be the president at that time, and, and actually only six days after um, the bill was passed, he signed it Labor Day um, was established. Um, so anyway, um, that that's free. Um, anyway, that's that's a little bit just a brief uh, history uh, of, of Labor Day. But I, I, I share this with you as well because um, this is certainly uh, a verse which I've just passed out a, a portion of the scripture. But rest is something um, that we seek. And uh, you can see down toward the bottom, we're going to talk a little bit about this particular passage, but we'll also talk about some of the promises, what does Christian rest look like? What is the rest um, that we receive? What is the rest um, that were promised? And obviously, I put a few things down at the bottom there that's, that's hardly exhaustive. Um, we can add any number uh, of, of other things as well. I mean, we receive um, rest uh, from the past. I mean, there, there's so many things. We receive rest from idols. There's so many different things um, that we can say. Uh, but to begin with, let me just read to you, uh, you have it in front of you, but let me just read to you this portion of the scripture. It's from uh, Matthew's Gospel, and it's in the eleventh chapter of Matthew's Gospel. I, I failed to put there. it's first twenty five is where we're starting, but it's matthew eleven twenty five this particular portion of scripture that we're going to at least begin with this morning. At that time, Jesus declared, "I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth." That you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We'll, we'll start off this as kind of a can of corn here. Um, anybody, uh, if you think of our, our service, anybody remember where we hear that verse? Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. Anyone? Bueller, yeah, any, anyone, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure you're all about to say comfortable words. Um, the comfortable words, um, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, um, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Um, those are words from the comfortable words. Actually, an interesting history um, behind the comfortable words, which which speaks to also the type of rest that we're promised because the ultimate rest uh, we receive. Um, in Jesus, uh, and, and we'll, we'll obviously get there, but the ultimate rest we receive is, is the forgiveness of our sins, uh, being restored in a right relationship um, with our God and Father. I mean, that, that is the ultimate uh, of, of ultimate rest, and it's, a, and it's a rest which we enjoy, uh, enjoy. I mean, it's so much more than enjoy, it's, it's a rest that we have not just in this life, but, but in the life to come as well, the, the ultimate rest which is given to us. In um, Jesus, the, the the forgiveness of our sins unto people who, on our own best efforts, can't measure up um, and can't uh, reconcile ourselves in relationship with our Father. So that's the ultimate rest um, that we receive. But a little word about the comfort words. You may be familiar with them in their presence and um, the and the service uh, in the Eucharistic service. There's a, a guy by the name of Thomas Bilney, uh, and, and Thomas uh, Bilney was sort of living in. Reformation times uh, in England, and he was a a student at Cambridge. And uh, I forget if it was once or twice a year, um, they had to receive they had to receive communion. They received communion once or twice a year. Well, well, Bilney had had a significant issue. He was um, tremendously uh, uneasy. He was a, a devout person, and and what he what he was just. Tremendously uneasy about and coming to receive communion, he, he feared uh, receiving communion unworthily, uh, and as a result, basically being being judged um, as a result of coming and receiving communion uh, and and not being worthy of that. And it was you know it was a, a tremendous tremendous burden. He was basically thinking he was going to take it to his own damnation, to his own um, condemnation. And so Billene was tremendously um, anxious about this, and he actually went through you know, the various um, things which were offered at that time uh, in religious circles. He, he uh, sort of paid um, to have priests say um, masses. He, he purchased um, indulgences. He went on pilgrimages. He, he fasted. Uh, he did sort of all these various religious things, both the things that he could do and the things that he thought he could get others um, to do for him. But not surprisingly, even after all of those efforts, he felt basically no different. Uh, he, he couldn't sort of control um, the thoughts of his mind. He couldn't, the thought, his mind actually didn't have minds. Um, but anyway, control the thoughts in his mind. You know, his, his heart, he still wrestled, felt like he was basically no different um, than when he began. And then he actually did an interesting thing. He, he purchased some contraband. Um, and, and contraband in that time is kind of different what you think of, you know, contraband today, uh, and that was a Greek New Testament, um, so, you know, he um, didn't go the local dealer, you know, you can, you can get a New Testament over here, so he we actually went and purchased um, a New Testament uh, because yeah, many at that time that was actually discouraged, um, you know, don't go and read your Bible, look, we've got it, um, just come to us, we're your mediator, we'll take care of this, um, you just, you know, we, we've got you. Well, anyway, he went and he began to read through um, the New Testament and particularly um, the pastoral epistles of Paul um, and and the epistles of John. And this particular, not just this particular portion of Matthew, but he but he found uh, in the Scriptures the message of the gospel um, of a, a, of God's grace um, of the rest which He desires to share with us of the forgiveness of our sins which is accomplished not on our own merits or in our own efforts or our own striving, but accomplished for us uh, in Jesus um, on our behalf. He found the message of the gospel in reading through the New Testament, and he was he was free in a way that he had never been before. Um, he was unburdened um, in a way in which he had never been before. The the good news, uh, you know, kind of like Wesley before him is his heart was warmed. Uh, the burden was was lifted off of him uh, and he he found um, the gospel and as, as you might imagine not in any sort of cliche way his, his life was changed um, going forward and that's the opportunity which is given to you and to me as well as in hearing the message of Jesus and in coming to, to Jesus um, there's the opportunity for our lives um, to be changed um, to be um, free to find rest um, for our souls to find rest um, in our lives and, and as I say all this I would say that I've, that I've certainly found this in my life and I'm eternally grateful for this um, but um, it's something, I think it's a great topic for us also, because how many people in here could really use some rest? Um, and I'm not just talking about sleep. Um, I'm, I'm talking about rest. The other morning, I didn't even realize I was doing this. The other morning, I was in the shower, and Paul said, why are you sighing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I can hear you all the way in the bedroom. You know, you're, <sighs> I guess, you know, the day was starting, and I was already, I'm just, uh, I'm just already sighing uh, as I begin. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm down and out, but gosh, maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little burdened um, by this. Well, we're promised rest, uh, and we're people who are in need of rest. I'll share just a little bit about this particular portion of scripture that I've just read, and the chapter in which we find it, In the eleventh chapter of Matthew's gospel. Um, certainly, we we see throughout the gospels resistance um, to Jesus, but in the eleventh chapter of Matthew, particularly from the religious leaders, uh, we see resistance to Jesus rising dramatically, and and we see Jesus beginning to um, clash, particularly um, with the Pharisees. And obviously, one of the things that y'all are familiar with very likely, you know, throughout the Gospels, Jesus um, clashes with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees, you know, and I guess in in human nature, uh, I'm sure many of them were well-intentioned, but... um, they were well-intentioned, but they, they wanted to, um, at least it started, they wanted to honor God. They wanted God to bring um, renewal um, to their people. They wanted God to bring, uh, to restore Israel. And the way that they thought that it would be accomplished was by rigorously following the law. Uh, and and the problem about human nature is, is this. One, um, they had as much success as, as the people of Israel in the wilderness had. They weren't able um, to measure up to the law. They weren't able... Um, to follow it, you know, it's like that. Great, we talked about this the other day. We've seen it before. Have any of y'all ever seen that um, fabulous Newhart, um, Bob Newhart skit? It's it's one. And I wish I, I wish I you know had it. And it's one where he's you know he's a psychiatrist psychologist, and this this woman comes in um, to see him, and, and he's you know he basically offers her the various sliding scale. Look, just for a few dollars, I'll give you a few minutes, and um, and you know so 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 what's your issue? And she has this um, irrational fear. Uh, and he said, well, you know, what, what's what's the irrational fear? Uh, you know, he's like, look, we, we don't have a lot of time here. What's the irrational fear? And she says, well, it's, you know, my, my, my fear is um, uh, being buried alive in a box. Um, and and, and he, sa- he says, okay. He says, well, I've um, I, I've got something for you. And she takes a pen. I was like, no, 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 you're, you're not going to need a pen. This is this is very simple. Um, and she says, okay, what is it? He says, stop it. Um, <laughs> and she says, but 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 uh, but I can't but I can't stop it and it sort of it goes on and then he says look uh, I've I've got um, I've got a few more words for you stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box um, that's and so that's the that's the conclusion uh, of it there well you know the problem is stop it just doesn't work um, and so you know for um, for the Pharisees and others you know we're 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 going to get it right um, we're we're gonna find uh, we're gonna find rest we're, we're we're going to measure up we're gonna stop it. Um, We're just going to tell ourselves, stop it, and we're we're going to stop it. Well, obviously, um, that that didn't work. And and Jesus, um, in this particular chapter, is uh, inviting the people. uh, And and here, as well, is is the key um, to rest for ourselves. Rest is found in repentance. Uh, Rest is found um, in repentance uh, by by turning um, to God. Uh, Repentance, obviously... Uh, is is the recognition uh, of our our, of our sinfulness, um, yes, our, our brokenness, yes, but, but repentance is also recognition of our need, uh, of, of our need for God, of, of our insufficiency um, in and of ourselves. And of course, the reality is God gives us lots of wonderful gifts and talents, and uh, there's the wonderful opportunity to use them in a service, but the reality is uh, we can't um, find rest apart from repentance. We, we can't straighten ourselves out. Repentance is the invitation um, to turn to God, to recognize our need for Him, uh, and to recognize um, His sufficiency for us. Uh, and there's tremendous rest um, in repentance. Um, years ago in the Diocese of South Carolina, I was um, part of a youth retreat called Happening, and it happened out at um, Camp St. Christopher. In many ways, it was kind of very sort of Dated and cheesy, uh, and yet, um, you know, God graciously and wonderfully um, worked uh, worked through that time. It really was, but at the same time, God is so good um, in the way that He that He worked through that. One of the things I remember um, repeatedly, uh, it was you know, in many ways, sort of an evangelistic retreat. And and the great thing about it is, you had students, um, you know, giving the talks, and and, you know, peers sharing with peers, and, and you know, sharing with them and praying um, for them. and clergy, we were along as spiritual directors and et cetera, and uh, there uh, along with them. But again and again and again, uh, it was interesting um, when the kids would, when they'd repent, uh, when they when they would turn to God, uh, when they would say, you know, Lord, um, I, I can't do this on my own. Um, you know, save me, um, rescue me, uh, redeem me. Again and again, it was interesting when, when the kids would, would do this, it was almost verbatim that they would say, "I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off of me." And it was interesting because you know you tend to think, um, you know, kids, what weight do y'all have? You know, we've we've got the weight of it. But, but the reality is, if you think back, when you're 16, um, you thought you were very burdened, um, and you know um, that was that was your reality. Um, and uh, and and the reality is too, um, at, at every age, there there are plenty of challenges. Um, which, which kids have, which adults have, etc., uh, etc., et um, you don't need to have a mortgage to need rest. Um, there's, there's lots of other uh, issues that come up and, and, and very real and challenging issues um, for kids as well. But I just, again and again and again, they would say, I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off of me. And I, and I thought that was, you know, one true and interesting that they, would, that they would say that. So the opportunity for you and for me in, in repenting and turning to God is to find rest. So in this 11th chapter of Matthew's Gospel... The resistance to Jesus um, is, is increasing. And again and again and again, the people um, that Jesus uh, is seeking to rescue and redeem, again and again, they are sort of persistently, stubbornly um, refusing him uh, and resisting uh, him. And, of course, as we follow along in the Gospels, ultimately resisting him to the point of of his death and of his crucifixion, but right before this portion, um, Jesus speaks words of of woe to unrepentant cities, and and the words of woe. Are, it, it's not sort of a a, a, a finger wagging um, sort of thundering um, judgment, but it is very much a word of woe and, and, and a profound um, sadness um, that that people are resisting, that people are unwilling um, to turn uh, and and to return to him, that they are so. Uh, stubborn in their sins and their resistant to, resistance to him, that they're cutting themselves off um, from the salvation he offers, that they're cutting themselves off from the rest um, that he offers. So he speaks a word of woe, and then um, he speaks these words. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So what does Jesus mean by that? And, and what does that mean um, for you and for me, in in, in finding rest, uh, he says, I, "I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them unto little children." Uh, in, in many ways, what that is, what that is saying, is this: is this is good news which is available to any and to all. Um, there's there's no um, degrees required. You don't have to have sort of attain a certain um, level or proficiency to hear and receive. Um, this good news. It's, it's, a, it's a gift which is given to any who will receive it. And it also says a word about the way that it's received. And of course, the challenge, particularly for the wise and the learned, particularly in the, in the world's eyes, uh, is that it's received through faith. Uh, and it's received um, through repentance uh, to little children, to those who are willing to come um, in a trusting way, to those who are willing to recognize um, their insufficiency, to those who are willing to recognize their need. That's what he's talking about with little children. Um, those who will recognize uh, and admit um, admit their need, uh, admit uh, and and hidden from in the sense of the wise and the learned. Those who are basically persistently and stubbornly uh, unwilling um, to receive it because it seems um, too simple, uh, or it seems um, too common, or it seems too um, dependent uh, upon God uh, and less dependent. Um, upon us, uh, the the, res- the stubborn resistance is what Jesus is referring to here, as he says, "You know what? It's hidden from these people. It's available um, to these people. The reality is, it's available to all, unless um, sort of we stubbornly uh, resist the path by which we come, which is which is through um, repentance." Uh, and Jesus, of course, goes on to say that these things have been given to him um, by the Father. Jesus reveals the Father. Um, to us. And seeing him, we have seen the Father. And then, of course, those great words. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you um, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly and hard, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden um, is light. Here's another great thing, Uh, and the rest which he promises us is this. The rest that he promises us is not inactivity, um, which, which actually, you know, I like a certain amount of sitting around, but then I don't know about y'all, but after I gets old, you know, it's kind of like, okay, let's, can we do something now? Um, although I live um, uh, with a um, frighteningly um, energetic wife. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, it's a challenge when we go on vacation um, because she's sure that something's profoundly wrong with me that I can sit and read a book. Um, you know, there's certainly, you know, this is like um, counseling intervention, something needs to happen, but anyway, so I, I live with a profoundly active um, person, and so rest for Paula looks a little different than what rest for me um, looks like, and, and I'm glad to say that in 21 years, we're no closer to resolution. Um, I don't know that this is, you know, maybe when Jesus returns, um, this will be resolved, but until then, we're just kind of, oh, well, there it is, uh, we're, we're living, but there's, the, the good news is the rest that he promises is not, is not inactivity. Uh, it's a rest which is found in relationship with him, and it's a rest that's found um, in his service. Uh, and uh, the reality is is that, and that's part of the challenge, that's part of the paradox that we receive, uh, we receive by faith. And his service is perfect freedom. Uh, we're, we're not going to find that freedom. We're not going to find that rest uh, in serving ourselves and, and attempting to build ourselves up. Uh, we're going to find the perfect rest uh, in, in his service. We're going to find freedom uh, in his service. And as I say, that's, that's something that we receive um, by faith. That's, that's both good news um, and, a, and a challenge um, to you and to me. And so, um, again, we'll get to that ultimate rest. But let me just say a few different words about some of the various kinds of rest that I think are available to us. And as I say, this list is not exhaustive. I could have gone and listed a number of other things. I'm sure you could have. Um, as well, but one of the first of these, and I just, uh, you know, say this partly just knowing my own uh, human nature, and I and I would imagine my own human nature is not dramatically different from yours. Also, you know, having kids, um, you know, uh, one of the rest, uh, some of the rest that we conceive is a rest from comparison. Um, are, do any of y'all ever compare yourselves um, to to other people? And as we've, you know, as we've uh, talked about before, you know, the challenge with comparison is this. Um, you're going to end up in a bad place either way because, one, you're either going to feel self-righteous. Um, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Um, I'm infinitely better um, and more put together. Uh, and, and, Lord, you know, kind of like the Jesus uh, tells the story, you know, the, the Pharisee, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like the tax collector and the sinner. Uh, and the tax collector and the sinner comes in, you know, beats his breast. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, the sinner. And Jesus says, of course, who went away justified, um, not the one um, that was self-righteous, the one who was repentant is the one that went away um, justified, that went away free. But anyway, we have a, we have a freedom uh, from comparison because, I say, with comparison, what, we either feel self-righteous or sort of we feel despairing because I feel like I'm not measuring up um, to this particular person. Gosh, I wish I was more like um, that particular person. I wish um, I was... I was better, uh, and, and I feel despondent about that. And, of course, how do I fix that? By striving, um, which always works. Um, that's just always, uh, you know, that always brings about great things um, in, in our lives. Well, one of the things, by way of comparison, I'll say a couple of different things. But one is is this, um, and what I'd like to share with you is, is this. Yes, uh, we are people who are... Um, broken. Um, we're, we're sinful. As, as the prayer says, there is no health in us, um, in and of ourselves. And, and yet, we're also the same people that God has called into relationship with him and one another. We're also people who have been given um, gifts for his service. We're also people who have been called um, to serve him as well. And so in that sense, there, there's a tremendous freedom when we recognize um, that we can't be all things. Uh, but yet we can give thanks for and serve God in the ways in which he's enabled us to serve him, to use um, the gifts and the opportunities that he's given to us, rather than saying, well, you know what, I wish my gifts were different, or I wish my opportunities um, were different. Um, just being, one, prayerfully open and prayerfully thankful um, to what he has shared with us uh, and given to us. And there's a tremendous freedom and rest in that. Um, you know, I've always wished I could be... Um, uh, Frank, uh, Frank's one of those guys, you know, he has a sermon written on Monday. Um, and I think that would just be, wouldn't that be great? Um, and he's always asking me as the week goes along, so what are you preaching on? And I said, you know, don't worry, I've got it. And inside I'm like, God, I wish I had it done on Monday. Um, I wish I could be one of those guys that just, you know, got up Monday morning, bam, um, it was done. But I finally got to the point where the Supreme just said, you know what? I'm not going to be that guy. Um, that, that'd be great, um, but uh, that's, just, that's just not going to work. But you think about um, the apostles. Um, that was not a, a, a homogenous group. Um, that was a very uh, eclectic group uh, which, which Jesus called um, to him, which Jesus equipped and, and sent them out um, into the world. You read through the entirety of the Bible, you see the various people that God calls into his service, the various people that God works through. It's a very... Um, eclectic group. And not only that, but there are people who, going back to this, who aren't necessarily wise in the world's eyes. Um, they weren't necessarily the preeminent people. Uh, and yet, God has chosen to work through them. And so I'd say the same thing um, for you and for me, to, that that freedom uh, to stepping away from comparison, uh, to realize that God works through Second um, uh, Corinthians 4. You know, we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, obviously talking about that, which is um, fragile, that which in and of itself isn't necessarily fabulous, that we might know that the all-surpassing power comes from God um, and not from us. There's a tremendous freedom, there's a tremendous rest, uh, and being thankful for the gifts that we have, serving God and the ways and the opportunities which he gives us, rather than saying, you know, I need to be like this person, or I need to be um, like that person. You look at the disciples, a couple of biblical passages, um, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Paul talks about. Um, the body of Christ, with Jesus as the head, with you and I as the various members of that body, and the essential nature of each member um, to make up the whole—you um, know, the hand, the foot, the eye, etc.—that all of these, uh, all of these parts are important. All of these parts are essential in making up the whole. All of these parts are essential in carrying out um, God's purposes. The the freedom and the rest from sort of stopping uh, comparison. You know, as I mentioned, having three kids. You know, I mean. It's it's kinda like a, a constant prayerful effort to step off um, uh, the, the the comparison treadmill. Um, so what did your son get on the ACT? You know, how did he do? Is he you know, is he you know so so what clubs what clubs are he in? You know, what's his batting average? You know, your daughters, you know, how are they how are they there's this constant you know, this constant desire um, to compare uh and, and to measure up by things which are sort of here today and, and, and gone tomorrow. Um how many of y'all remember your SAT score? Um, yeah, well, good. Well, I I, I, I I tried to forget mine, so um, I'd say one other word also before we go on from comparison to, to striving to winning. Uh, you know, uh, Psalm one thirty nine. Um, uh, oh Lord, you've you've knit us together uh, in the mother's womb. Um, your, your works are wonderful oh Lord you've searched me out and known me you've, you've knit us together um, in the mother's womb um, the, just that, that tremendous message as well that that we are people as a say, flawed sinful broken in need of redemption and yet people who are knit together um, specifically um, by the hand of God wonderfully um, in, in all of our and uh, all of our complexity and all of our difference as well rest from striving from uh, from from winning um you know, uh, we're we're a people that we 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 like to we like to win. And you know, it's so funny. I, I I tend to think I'm not. I'm glad I'm not one of those people. And then I found when I was coaching, um, you know, my my son and my daughters. You know, it's like I didn't care about winning, but I kind of did. Uh, I just tried not to show it. You know, too much uh, on the outside. It's like okay, I'll, you know, because winning's not important. You know. But you know, it's kind of like you know, it's just sort of you know, we just we just get uh, you know, we get we get sucked into we get sucked into that, uh, and but the you know the good news is um, ultimately it it has been won it has been accomplished through Jesus' cross and resurrection I mean that's that's the great perspective that we have um, to find rest for ourselves um, you know I, I don't have to win because God has won. Uh, I can remember at a, at a clergy gathering a while ago, and this is kind of one of those head shakers, where this is so self-righteous, but I'll just say it anyway. Um, we're, we're sitting there among some other clergy, and one of the other clergy was saying, um, you know, he said, guys, you know, we just can't fight culture, because, you know, when we fight culture, we lose. And we're looking at him like, are you serious? I mean, are you, are, are you kidding me? We can't fight culture, because when we go against culture, we lose. Um, and, and thankfully, one of my colleagues said, we said, I don't remember I don't remember that it was promised that we were going to win. Um, Again, the good news is we don't have to win. God has won. Um, It's sort of like, oh, yeah, isn't that that wonderful? Isn't that restful? You and I don't have to be the winners because Jesus has won um, through the cross and through the resurrection. The words which are spoken, it is finished. Ultimately, uh, and that's part of what's going on here in Luke's gospel. Jesus is, excuse me, Matthew's gospel. It's in Luke's gospel, John's, Mark's, all of them. But it's the message uh, that, that it is finished. The kingdom of God has come forth in the world in Jesus. Um, and in his cross and resurrection, the power of sin and death has been defeated once and for all. We, we live uh, in the now and not yet, as it's often said. Uh, and yet, um, we, don't have to, we don't have to strive. We don't have to win because it's been accomplished for us. A couple of scriptures there. Again, gosh, could give uh, a number of others. One of the first I think of is Hebrews 12. Um, and and it talks about running a race. And yet it says, Therefore, since we've been surrounded so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the sin that so easily um, entangles and let us run the race marked out for us, Uh, setting our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him set down um, his glory, uh, endured um, the cross, uh, scorning its shame, and was seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So run the race marked out for us. There's the good news. When I... Um, and this was a long time ago, when I, uh, back when I was running marathons. And um, I remember, it's funny, one of the things uh, that the people that had done, a number of them, told us, they said, look, when someone that looks just like your grandmother passes you, um, just keep your pace. Um, you know, you don't have to try. They said, look, do yourself a favor and just, you know, you've trained, you've, you've got a pace. Stick, stick to your pace. You know, when you see the person pass you that you don't think should pass you, just, just, just stay with it. And that was so hard, um, you know. But it, that's the wonderful news of Hebrews 12. You know what? Jesus, run, run the race marked out for you. Um, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter um, of your faith. Uh, run the race that's marked out for you. The other uh, one that I thought of as well um, is Philippians 4. And, um, you know, Paul uses that imagery often of, you know, uh, running the race, fighting the good fight, finishing, uh, keep finishing the race, keeping... Uh, the, the the faith pressing on um, to the upward calling, uh, but Philippians four is that um, uh, the the great portion therein uh, that, that just the whole the whole letter. But as y'all uh, likely remember, Paul is uh, is in prison uh, and yet he is joyful and yet he's content uh, in the midst of his uh, in the midst of his setting. And in Philippians four, uh, he says these great uh, great words. He's he's found of uh, the divine rest which is available to us, uh, which is made available. Uh, and Jesus says he's talking about uh, inviting us with, with prayer and with thanksgiving to present our requests to God uh, and to enjoy um, the peace of God. But he, but he says this. He says, um, I re- and this is 410 and, and following, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You're indeed, You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am um, to be content. Doesn't that just sound like something, doesn't that sound wonderful? For I've learned um, in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through Christ um, who strengthens me. Um, Paul has found... Uh, A contentment, Um, not in his and and Paul was, Paul was a striver of strivers, and he was a winner uh, of of winners, Uh, and yet uh, he he wonderfully, uh, thanks to God's gracious intervention, uh, let that go, and he found uh, in Jesus uh, that that contentment. Let me just kind of because we're getting, just kind of say a few things about these because we're um, getting a little closer uh, to time. Rest from fear. Um, does that does that sound good to anyone? Um, rest, uh, rest from fear. <clears throat> Paula, likewise, and it's so good that she's not teaching because I get to say things about her um, rather than vice versa. Um, but uh, I, you know, I joke with Paula, and, I, and, and I've actually this is. Um, I hope this one day will be. Uh, coin in, uh, in sort of the Journal of American Psychiatry, psychology, it's, it's, a, it's a condition um, which, which I've named anticipatory grief, um, and what anticipatory grief is this, um, you imagine a situation which is improbable, but possible, uh, it, it could happen, but, it, but it's highly improbable, have any of y'all ever suffered from anticipatory grief, um, and you just sort of envision this uh, scenario, what if, um, what if this happens, Craig? What if Jack, um, who's away in college now? What if Maisie? What if Sally? What, what, you know? What again? You know, it's possible, but but I really think um, one that's improbable. Let's you know, let's let's face that if it ever happens, which it's not. But I mean, I suppose it's it's possible. But but fear we so easily, and, and and myself as well. That's you know, I mentioned the other morning. I guess I didn't even know I'm. I'm in there sighing. I'm just thinking about all my fears, my worries, my anxieties, my. Uh, my concerns, all, all, all the, all the, all the burdens that are there. Um, there, there's the opportunity to have a freedom from fear. And of course, Jesus, in numerous places, says, you know what? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Um, your, your, Father knows your needs before you ask. You know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Not only that. But we see in Jesus the fact of God's great concern for you and for me, that he's come forth into the world um, to rescue and to redeem us, to give us life because he desires for us to have joy, uh, life in its fullest, to reconcile us to him, to reconcile us um, to one another, to give a freedom, to give uh, a a certainty that he's a good shepherd um, who's not only with us but who goes before us, who defends us. Uh, He promises uh, in John's Gospel... Um, that he won't leave us as orphans, but that he'll send the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to counsel us, to be the spirit of truth, to lead and to guide us. That we don't have to be people who are um, fearful because of, because of who he is. Uh, freedom and rest um, from resentment. Um, uh, Frank mentioned last Sunday in his, uh, uh, in his sermon about you know, uh, his, his various peas, all of which are pets, and he feeds them. Um, and, you know, we, we, can, all, we can readily – and the same thing can be for resentments. You know, we, 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 we feed them um, and, and, we, and we hold on to them. The great story Ed Salmon told years ago, um, a woman came up to him at coffee hour uh, at a church. He was visiting on that particular Sunday as Bishop of South Carolina, and she said, you know what, I've hated you for years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, how, how, you know how, about, how about that person? You know, I've hated you for years. And he said, he said I, am, I am so sorry to hear that. That must have done terrible things to you, and it hasn't affected me at all. Um, and it's a word to kind of sort of lovingly provoke her to see. You know what? It's I didn't know it hasn't affected me in the least. But um, here, it's just done awful, um, awful things to you. Uh, it's it's eating you up to the point that you've made a beeline over to me at coffee hour to tell me how much you hated me, um, and and how much is that resentment. You know, what, a, what a burden. How much has that sapped your, your, your freedom and, and, and your rest? We have an opportunity in uh, and, and numerous passages. Of course, um, you, know, you, you think about, and, and we're, we're not Jesus, but you think about Jesus' words from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they, for they don't know um, what they're doing. Uh, there is an opportunity to have rest and freedom from resentment when we realize the message of grace, that we are sinners who are saved by grace, that we receive a forgiveness and a, and a mercy that we don't deserve, um, that, that that we haven't earned, uh, that that shouldn't have come our way, and yet it has. Uh, that when that message of grace gets into our hearts, there's there's the opportunity for us to begin to prayerfully uh, let go of the resentments and the grudges um, that that we're bearing, that ultimately weigh down and burden you and me, um, rather than and rather than harm the person that we're angry at. And, and I just laugh as I just think, you know. But when I, it comes up, uh, good grief in, in my mind, and my heart, as well, I'm just like, Lord, please, uh, help, help me out here. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, you know what? I, I repent. Uh, forgive me. Um, take this away. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, freedom from resentment. You know, rest from uh, our attempt to be perfect, which you can't. Uh, rest from our attempt to control, uh, which, of course, uh, likewise we can. And the good news is that God is controlled, not you. Uh, and, and not me. And then ultimately, uh, the freedom and rest uh, from our sins. Uh, Romans 8, one, which you uh, may or may not remember, uh, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, what what profoundly um, restful words has it gone, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he goes on and gives that whole, you know, uh, nakedness or peril or sword or hardship or famine or persecution. No, Uh no, and all these things were more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Uh, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities. He goes on the tremendous rest that we have, uh, the tremendous freedom we have to be people who are uh, wildly imperfect and yet who are sinners saved by grace, um, people who are reconciled to God. And it, it just it, it, it frees us um, in our lives. It takes the weight of the world um, off of us. It, it gives us the opportunity to live as people who are restful, who are. Who are free because we're not in control because of Jesus's cross and resurrection through His blood shed for us. The way that we're washed in that uh, and made new. Um, it's kind of like you know, uh, everything else is lanyap uh, after that. Uh, everything else is, is you know, of course, a little something extra. Uh, everything else is just uh, is just bonus. We've received that ultimate freedom, uh, which uh, which gives us hope. Any questions or comments? You'll have a sort of run up here. Um, such a shocker I never do this um, it, it just reminds me of the father saying to Jesus i believe help my unbelief mm-hmm. you know that, that we are mm-hmm. lacking we try yeah. we, we we want to but we really in our own strength can't absolutely yeah that's um that's god that's one of my favorites you know lord i believe help my You know, another one kind of similar to that is in uh, the sixth chapter of John's gospel and Jesus is teaching and things have been going great. And then Jesus says, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And, you know, shockingly, that didn't go over real well. And people say, this is a hard teaching. You know, who can? Uh, And Jesus asked the disciples, you know, do you all want to go, too? Um, And and Peter's wonderful. Lord, to whom shall we go? Uh, You alone hold the keys of eternal life. That's kind of like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Like, this is a hard teaching. Uh, I admit it, but, but, but where else are we going to go? You alone, you're the only one that we find rest for our souls, and you're the only one that has eternal life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fabulous to see you all, of course. Um, uh, five gold stars for Labor Day attendance. Um, <laughs> treasure in heaven has been laid up, um, and, and we're grateful for that. Um, let, me, uh, let me offer us a prayer before we go. Heavenly Father, we are people who desperately um, need rest for our souls. We, we, we're, we're burdened. We're heavy laden. We, we attempt to do it on our own. We, we fall prey to idols. We, we think that there are things that we need that we don't need. Um, Lord, we thank you that you offer us a real freedom which is found in relationship with you uh, and our rest is found in relationship with you and in your service Lord, draw our hearts to repentance, draw our hearts to you, that we might uh, indeed receive that which you've promised. And we thank you that we receive it by your grace. Uh, Rest for our souls, uh, burdens uh, which are light. Um, So, Lord, draw us to you day by day, moment by moment. This we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.